Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's a great day to be living for God. It's a great day. The Bible talks about all the things that are going to be happening in the end time. And we see it. We read about it. We hear about it on the news. But there's some really good things going to happen too. And I just want to be right in the middle of it all. And I believe we are. If you were here last Sunday, you were right in the middle of it all. The miraculous happened. He's still the same God. Miracles are still happening. Yes, the dead were raised in this Bible. We've got the stories to prove it. We know that it's true. The deaf were healed. The blind eyes were opened. But last Sunday, standing right here in desperation, the Lord miraculously healed me. He's the same God. And that's like the, I don't even know how many times he's healed my body. We testified it a couple, about it a couple Wednesday nights ago and we were only allowed to give two testimonies of healing. I'm like, man, which two do I pick? I'm telling you today, he's the same God. He hasn't changed. This is the authority on all things and it says Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, that was back in the Bible when he was walking around healing everybody. Yesterday, today, he's the same today and forever. And just as Jesus walked the earth and ministered and touched people and healed them and ministered to them and met their needs and told them all there was to know about them, He's here to do the same again today. He's God. He doesn't change. If he's in the house, anything that you need, it's here. Somebody needs a little bit of peace today. Well, the peace speaker is here. Mm, He's good. He is good. Well, happy Mother's Day to... Actually, I just want to say to all of the ladies in the room, because your child may have a lot of fur and dog breath, but you still give a lot of care to that thing. I mean that person, what, that, yes. It might, your, your child might even be swimming in a tanker, running on a hamster wheel, Sister Lindsay. (laughs) You've got to see the video of her hamster. I thought it was on fast motion. Oh my words, the funniest thing. I needed a good laugh. <laughs> or your child that you speak to every day might be planted in fertile, fertile, fertile soil, living in a pot, but your baby, or 10,000 babies if you're Jen, 
you may have adopted someone and call them your own. Maybe you've just given birth to some. But I just want to say thank you for giving them a safe place. For showing unconditional love. I honor you today. A scripture that I have heard since I was a child. And is the same. <laughs> Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. Hear, O Israel. Many of you can quote it. The Lord our God is one Lord. Yes, we know that. But it doesn't stop there. This is a commandment to the children of Israel. And we are the spiritual Israel now. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. There was an article in the London Times, October 22nd, 1996. The title of the article was The Lost Heritage. It read, Lost Forever, a nation's heritage looted by its own people. Afghanistan's National Museum in Kabul is rubble. It once held one of the Earth's greatest multicultural antique collection. Persian, Indian, Chinese, Central Asia, and beyond. The rebels blasted into vaults and shattered display cases, looted the relics and sold them here and there around the world for quick cash. Rockets slammed into the museum roof, roof, burying ancient bronzes under tons of debris. Pottery from prehistory was thrown into bags like cheap china. The Bagram Collection, one of the greatest archaeological finds of the 20th century, disappeared. Nearly 40,000 coins, some of the world's oldest, vanished. The museum, once a place for Afghan history, became a military post, and the story, the past, has now been ruined by the unbridled present. A nation has lost its history. With no history, there is no heritage. And with no heritage from the past, there is no legacy for the future. With no history, there is no heritage. And with no heritage from the past, there is no legacy for the future. I just want to talk to us for a few minutes today and just really remind us of a few things. Talk about those who have passed history on to the family, but also those who are living history right now and the heritage that is to come because of the history that you will leave behind. 
I think it was John Maxwell, I'm not sure, but somebody said the simple quote, today matters. Today matters. Waking up, making decisions, we just kind of go about our day, but sometimes we need to take a moment and stop and think, what I do today matters. It doesn't just matter for today. It matters for tomorrow and next week and when my kids become teenagers and when my kids become parents and what I do today matters, makes a difference about tomorrow. Psalm 78, the psalmist said, 1 through 6, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Listen up, people, he was saying. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. Listen to the history. We will not hide them from our children. Telling the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. It was a command that the generations to come might know them. Keep talking about them, he said, so they will know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children. He said, keep talking about it. Tell your children so when they have children, they will tell their children that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. It is important what we pass down and what we talk about. We all want success for our children. We want to give them more than what we had. And you know what? It's not necessarily things. We want to give them more opportunities. We want them to have more knowledge and wisdom than we had. We wish that our children could know now what we know now. But it doesn't really happen that way, does it? We want to pass down the good to them. You know, I get it. Sometimes raising young children, you wonder if what you're teaching, what you're living by an example, what you're living out in front of them will ever make a difference. Well, I can assure you it will. There is, it is the truth. There is so much more caught than taught. We are in a time and a society that the Bible says it's the days of being lovers of self, of selfishness. I'm making my own decisions. You can't tell me what to do. I know what is best for me. It's unbelievable some of the things that you can read in the news. You would never think would happen. That a child in grade school could buddy up with their teacher and sue their parents. Because somehow they've been convinced 
that they can do it and you can make your own decisions and they found a teacher to agree with them and they get together and sue their parents and they win. Where are we? How did we get here? I think we all know the answer to that. When somebody stopped talking about the Lord, when somebody stopped teaching the authority of this word, somehow a generation got missed, somehow great-grandma stopped talking about God, or somehow mom or dad or somebody stopped telling a generation about the goodness of the Lord, somehow history was changed. And now, these children, what heritage do they have? They don't know about a God. They don't know that there's hope. They don't understand the laws of the one who put breath in their lungs. They don't even know it because somebody stopped talking about it. And when you change history, you change your heritage. It's all contrary to our creator, the one who made us, who knows us inside out. Why would we trust the lives of our children and their children and the generations to come into the hands of man's philosophies and man's ways and man's wisdom. Proverbs 16 and 25 says, there is a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We have got to speak the truth. I know <laughs> firsthand, I know it's not comfortable. I know it is awkward to stand up against everything else. When your children's friends, all of, none of them go to church, they don't know the Lord, they don't know anything about him, and you look like an oddball. We got to decide if it's worth it. We've got to decide what we're going to do with the history that we're making right now. Because the history that we're making right now has everything to do with their heritage that is to come. Oh, trust me. I get it. I get it 100%. That when you decide, you make a decision that you are going to live according to what your creator has said. You're going to look at this book as an owner's manual for your very life. And you're going to say, okay, he's the one that created me, so everything in here must be for my good, especially if you know him. Now, if somebody's led you to believe that he's this harsh God that gets mad at you every time you mess up, that's not the God of this book. This is the owner. This owner's manual is all about a God that loves unconditionally. And there's about 70, 60, whatever many people here to prove it. He is a God of love. So everything that he says in this book 
is done out of love. Oh, well, I, I don't know. Some of those things are a little bit hard. Wow, love your neighbor as you love yourself? That's what this altar's for. <laughs> because we are so strong in our flesh, that seems really hard to do. So what do we do? We fall on our face. We ask God to help us. And he does. And we get up and we can love our neighbor as ourself. Why wouldn't we go by the laws of the creator? It works. It truly works. He is the peace speaker. You want peace in your home? Here's the rule book. You want an awesome marriage? Here's the rule book. And it is not easy. Submit? Oh, man. There are some verses that you just want to take out. <laughs> but you know that it goes right along with, he's got to love me. Like Christ loved the church, he's got to die for me. He's got to give himself for me. I like that part. But it goes hand in hand with submission. But together, it works. It works. There's nothing in this book that doesn't work. <laughs> Nothing. If somebody came knocking on your door, or let's just get real, you see a video on YouTube, and uh, they say it's a 100% money-back guarantee that your kids are going to grow up, they're going to be successful, they're going to contribute well to society, they're never going to ruin the family name, they're going to make you proud all the days of their life, they're not going to go against anything that you've taught them now some people would actually buy into that oh well hey I want to know everything about this I don't care if it's $49.95 it's a money back guarantee well you know what the truth is our kids grow up and they make their own choices and there is no money back guarantee there is no guarantee because we serve a God who does not force himself upon anyone. We are all, all allowed to make our own choices. That's how much he loves us. You want to be married to someone that is forced to love you? No, you don't. You want to be married to someone that loves you because they love you. Children don't grow up and become adults and hopefully they don't stay in a childlike state of mind where you're still telling them what to eat and where they're going to go and all that. That's not normal. The truth is they become adults, start making their own decisions based on what they believe, based upon the people around them, the influence that have been in their life, and yes, your influence as well. But here's the deal. They learn so much by our history. Small things, big things, and everything in between. The decisions that we are making today, parents, we're making history. <laughs> Tomorrow, we're going to look back on today and say, I made some history. I hope it was good that I can pass it on to my kids. 
because it's part of their heritage. It's okay to tell your kids, this is what we're living by. Now, I can't explain it all, and I don't have all the answers, but some things are real simple in here. And this is what we go by. And it says, if I want to spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ, I must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Why would I keep that from my kids? I want them to know the truth. I want them to know the truth. There is a heritage that I have that is so rich and worth so much more than anything in this world. Write me a million dollar check. Lay it up here. Put my name on it and tell me it is mine if I would walk away from my heritage of what the word of God says and my love for God. Do you really think I would take a million dollar check over that? There is no, there's no, not even a comparison. You know why? Because I'm not living for what's here. These things are temporal. We can pass down so many things to our children, but it's temporal. Give me the eternal. Because you see, I'm not staying here. You're not staying. I know we think we're going to live forever. We're going to be the oldest person in the world. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but what we pass down, oh my goodness. I, I, I'm forgetting these notes. Forget it. I can't do this. But I will do this. I 10,000% honor you. And it's not because you've given me a love for shopping or for food. <laughs> but I honor you for your faithfulness to truth. What the word says is truth, the authority. I honor you for not stopping. I honor you for not changing your history. But what was given to you from your great-grandmother and your mother, you put your foot down strongly, sometimes on my neck, <laughs> in prayer. And when you wanted to stop and you wanted to give up, you didn't. That's why you have great and great-great-grandchildren sitting here today. Your history has given me the richest heritage. I don't want your things. Well, there might be a few. I got to put my initials on them. All I want is for you to stay the same. Say it again. I will. You heard it. She ain't changing. And never, never give up. I thank you for your faithfulness. You could not have given me anything better. Thank you that you don't have millions in the bank.
Thank you for giving that millions to the kingdom of God. Because the millions that you would have in the bank would be temporal. And we would split them up and there ain't no telling what would happen with them. Jeff would have about 22 more cars. But you gave. You took what a lot of people think is the most important thing in the world. And that's money. And they work. And they put it away. And they put it away. And they put it away. And they buy gold bars. And they put it in a box. And they just know their children are going to be set for life. Temporal. Let me tell you something, people. Whether you believe it or not, you're not always going to be here. We, every one of us, need to hear the truth and believe it today. That there is an eternity at stake. This is not about the here and now. This is not about earthly kingdoms. This is about a kingdom to come, an eternal kingdom. And what we do today, the history that we're making today, we are passing that on. Good, bad, ugly, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, we are passing it on and we are giving a heritage to those who are coming behind us. What heritage do you want to give them? Do you want to give them a heritage that's just about the here and now? Oh, you can have my house. Well, they're just going to sell it. They don't like it as much as you do. I'm going to give Jen all my furniture because she don't like any of it. I'm going to make sure it goes to her. I would do that. (laughs) So while she's crying her eyes out at my funeral, she can also look at the will and laugh her head off. Like, she got me. She got the last word. You know what? Something was put in me, and I didn't even know it. Hear me, parents. You think they're not listening. You think they're not getting it. You think what you're saying is going one ear and out the other. You think because they're coloring pages while you're talking, they're not listening. That is not the truth. They're watching. And somehow, even if they're like me and never paid attention as a kid, it's still getting into their spirit. I didn't even know it. I didn't even know that it was happening. And then I found something. Again, I would try to auction this off and raise a whole lot of money for Mother's Memorial. But sorry, I ain't doing it. Millions would not be enough. So my mom let me read. It's there be notebook from 1976 and 77. I was 13 and 14 years old. January. Why does the Lord always cause people to fast in January when you're freezing to death? (sighs) I've asked him that so many times. Anyway, (laughs) this is a little notebook from my dad. I was 13 years old, just beginning that state of rebellion and not wanting to adhere to what I was taught. 
and what I heard in church every Sunday and Wednesday and Sunday night and prayer meeting and uh, outreach on Saturday. <laughs> I was trying to, uh, I was beginning to rebel against it. <clears throat> and while I was doing that, the Lord was calling my dad to a fast. Uh, one's a two-week fast in here and the other's a three-week fast. And some people think if you go three hours without food, you just might die. <laughs> oh my goodness, the heritage right here. Oh my goodness, the history. Oh my goodness, where he's saying in here. And here me as a little girl thinking he's like right up there with God and he is putting down in this book, oh, I just want to be like Christ. How could I ever get the spirit of Christ in me and put down his flesh? And one of the pages, it's a Sunday morning and it's 14 below or something like that. And he got up early and tried to make the decision whether to cancel church or not and went to church and shoveled snow. This was like on the 17th or 18th day of not eating, okay? <clears throat> and... Uh, I don't know if it was all on the same day, but anyway, um, you know, those of you who were there, which is very few, would know he would come in and he would turn the lights on, turn the heat on, all of that, and he would play the piano and he would teach his Sunday school lesson, and then he would play the piano again, and then he would preach the word, and then he would drive to Grafton, Illinois, and Take the fosters home. <laughs> Don't tell me that what you're doing today is not making history and a heritage right now. However many years later, 40 whatever years later, there is a church in Grafton, Illinois. In this moment, people are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ because of the history of one man. And he said, I don't care what the rest of the world does. I don't care how other people live for God. I'm going to do it with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my might. He didn't just tell us the scripture, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Yes, that was important. But he went on and lived out the rest of it. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all everything that is within you all. What else would make you go without food for three weeks? A love for the kingdom of God. A love for his people. A love for the Lord and you just want to make a difference. But I am standing here today and my grandchildren are here today and when they have children their children will be in the house of God today because somebody and even before him his great grandmother and his mother decided we're not wavering I don't care what the rest of the world does it doesn't matter I've read the book I know what it says and there is an eternity at stake and it's not just my eternity oh it is the eternity of my great, great grandchildren. 
<laughs> I didn't even know about the, I knew he fasted. One day he came to church camp to pick me up and I thought he was dying of cancer. He had lost so much weight and he had just got a haircut. That didn't help any. And uh, I had no idea. I knew he fasted all the time, but I didn't know the extent of it. And when I read this, I, I didn't even know it. I, I knew he passed down um, I can't say a love for fasting, but I knew that he passed down a need for fasting. Somehow I caught that. I remember as a teenager in high school, I was so rebellious. I wasn't living for God, but guess what? I never ate on Wednesdays <laughs> just because we had a fast day in our home. But what I didn't realize is when the Lord had called me to a, an extended fast and I began to keep a journal. I didn't know he kept a journal. I had no idea. And I began to keep a journal and I, writing in the journal, I just want to be more like you, God. I will put my flesh down. There's this going on and there's this going on and there's this going on and I don't want to make my own decision. I want to hear the voice of the Lord and the only way I can do that is to say no flesh. You're not getting your way and put it down. So today I, I'm going to call my grandchildren up here if you would come. River, Nori, and Marzi, if you will. If you won't, that's okay. So I made a copy of just one page, January 24th, 1977. He was on day 21. He dreamed about food that night. And he said he was glad because it was the last day. This is just a copy. But what I did is I made a copy of one page of his journal. And I made a copy of one page of my journal. It's not easy to do. And I, I know there's a reason why I never knew that he had a journal. Because those things are private. Those things are between you and the Lord. And it's uncomfortable to even talk about it right now. But to just prove my point, give you my point. Marzi, I have something for you if you want it. Do you want it? <laughs> I want this heritage that I have been given. It's got to keep going. And this is what I'm hoping that after my page will be the page of their parents. Don't faint. If God calls you to the 21-day fast, do it. If he calls you to a three-day fast, do that. Whatever, it doesn't matter. And then they can add their page. And then their children can add their page. 
I could give them a lot of things. And every time these two are at the house, they want to come home with things. And mommy has to put a limit on it because <laughs> they would take everything of daddy's old stuff or whatever. But there is nothing. There is nothing that I could give you that's worth more than what I gave you today. This is not just for you. Because unfortunately you are going to grow up. Even though you know I would like for you to stay little. But you're going to grow up and your children are going to know about Jesus. Because you're going to tell them. And you're going to go on a fast. <laughs> and you're going to take notes of what the Lord shows you on that fast. And you're going to be able to staple a page of your journal to that and give it to your kids. Because we're not just here today because we want to go to heaven. We're here today also so your children will go to heaven as well. If the Lord tarries that long. I love you. So much that I'm willing to embarrass myself right now. You can go sit down. I love you all. Whoa. Oh, yes. Here, can you give this to Marzi? So, parents, mothers, there's a whole lot that we could teach our children that we can pass down to them. We can teach them a whole lot of things. Um, the list is unending of what we could give. But I want to encourage you to take your mind off of the temporal and place it on the things of eternity that really matter. There's a lot of things that we think really matter in this world. But what really matters is the world to come. There's a reason that my siblings and myself are very stubborn in our faith. It's because we were given that history. We were taught that God can take care of it. You don't need to go to the doctor first thing. God can take care of it. God can take care of it. There's a reason why we believe that God can take care of it. And it's not just because what we were told. But they allowed us to experience it for ourselves. And once we experienced it for ourselves, then it was up to us what we did with it. And some choose to keep that history going. And others choose other ways that are temporal. But I want to look at the eternal I don't want to think about just today. The effect that I have today on my grandkids. I want to think about the effect that I have on their grandkids. I might be dead and gone, 
but the effect is still going to be there. This is not just about my heritage that's so rich and I wouldn't take anything for it. I'm living today for the heritage that is to come. That is to come. There are a lot of addictions that we can pass down, good and bad. <laughs> oh, but the difference that we are making, the difference that we can make, the history that we are making right now is going to affect those that are to come behind us. And not just our relatives, not just those in our family, but all who watch our lives. This is the final authority here. So we can take another drink of alcohol and teach our children and grandchildren that, or we can take a big drink of the living water where we never thirst again. We can give it to them, teach them, if you drink of this, you will never thirst again. You'll never want for anything ever again. A heritage is something that is handed down from the past, something that belongs to one by reason of birth. Or it could be something reserved for one. The children of Israel had a very rich heritage. As long as they were walking in the ways of God, there were so many blessings that came upon his people. And here we are today, the spiritual Israel. And it's still the same thing. Walk in the ways of the Lord and you will be blessed. When he said those scriptures, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, he is one. He said, you shall teach them diligently unto your children. Talk about it when you're sitting down and when you're walking by the way, when you're laying down, when you rise up, bind them for a sign upon your hand. They shall be frontlets between thy eyes. Write them upon your house. The Lord is very serious about us keeping his heritage alive and well. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul. We have been purchased by God, by his precious blood on the cross. So therefore, we are not citizens of a worldly kingdom that will end one day, but we are citizens of an eternal kingdom that will never ever end so you see my heritage cannot end with my children or my grandchildren or my great grandchildren but it must continue through eternity 
because of his kingdom there shall be no end. And I am a part of that heavenly kingdom. Somebody must keep the heritage going. Somebody must keep the heritage going. We have a passion for a lot of things, and that's, that's great, that's fun. There are a lot of fun things, and we could pass down a lot of things. Atticus would love it if we just passed down the 67 Camaro to him. We would be his favorite people in the world. No, probably not. <laughs> he has parents. <laughs> but what good is a Camaro going to do him in Sweden? He'd probably sell it and have more money for Sweden. <laughs> it's not about the things of the world. And that's all good and fine. Give your children whatever you want to give them. But the most, the most, the most important thing that you will ever give them is the truth. Whose truth? Not my truth. I'm not telling you about my truth. I'm telling you about this truth. The authority. Give them truth. It's the best thing you could ever pass down to them. And let me tell you something. You will not regret it. You will not regret it. You will be so thankful that you passed it down to them. Sister Betty, you're here today because of the history of your parents, the heritage that your mother passed down to you. That's why you're here today. Thank God for it. And some may say, well, I never had that. Well, let me tell you, it's a new day. We sing a song, he's rewriting my history. So no matter what your, his, your parents' history, no matter what your heritage was, it can start all over right now. You can start right now with a new history. You can start right now with a new heritage that you give to your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. It's never too late with the Lord. It is never too late with the Lord. Let's stand together. There was a song that said, in a hundred years from now, it won't matter anyhow. Things rust gold loses its value money in the bank is not going to be worth much here in just a few years they're doing away with it actually you may have cash stashed somewhere but in a few years you won't even be able to use it we're going to a cashless society. We're almost there. You can go in some stores and restaurants and it says no cash accepted. 
We are in that day. Things fade away. The Bible says, put your treasures. Put your treasures in things in, up in heaven. Lay them up in heaven where rust can't get to them. This is what it's talking about. Treasures. A little probably 10 cent notebook. Oh, 39 cents back in the day. Worth so much more than all the gold in the world and all the cash in the bank. Lay up treasures in heaven. In heaven, in other words, in eternity. Lay up treasures in eternity. I want us to pray today. I want us to ask the Lord to help us to look beyond the temporal. I don't know about you, but I don't like to look ahead sometimes because I know what's coming. I'm going to lose a few more loved ones. I know that. I look ahead and I, and I know what's coming. Becky, your grandma's 100 years old. I was telling my grandkids that and they couldn't believe anybody could be that old. 100 years old, almost 101. I don't like to think about those kind of things that are to come that I'm not always going to have my mother here on this earth. But I've got to look beyond what's here. And I've got to look at what is truth. And the truth is, she may not be here, but her heritage will be here. Because it's going to live through me, and it's going to live through my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. It's going to keep living. She hasn't laid, well, she does have a lot of treasures here. But she has laid up more treasures for the world to come. Oh, I'm so thankful. I want us to pray that every single one of us in this room today would get a glimpse of truth. Not my truth, but this truth. Of the things that are to come. The most important things that we could ever invest in. That we could ever put our time in. That we could ever put our faith in. That we could ever put all of us in. The most important things are what is to come. God help us. We look to you today. The one who has all the answers. The one who put breath in our lungs. We owe you our lives, God. We look to you today, God. You're the one that has blessed us with children. You're the one that took a chance on us having children and raising them in the fear of God. You gave us that blessing. And so today, God, I am asking you that you would help each and every one of us in this room today to get a glimpse of what is to come and to not live for this temporary world, but pass down to our children a heritage of an eternal kingdom where they are going to spend eternity somewhere. Help us, God, to look beyond the lie 
eyes of today and see the truth of tomorrow. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let the truth of your word dispel the lies of darkness today. The lies that says, oh, I've got time. The lies that say it doesn't really matter. As long as I'm ready to go to heaven right before I die, that's all that matters. That is a lie. Dispel the lies today, God, with the truth of your word. That every day and every decision we make does make a difference for tomorrow. We're only human, God. We're trying our best, God. But we need your help. We need your help, God. We ask for your help today. Right where you are today, could you just be honest with the Lord and say, I need your help. If it's children, if it's grandchildren, if it's nieces or nephews or children that you have an influence on. Can you just be honest with the Lord and say, I need your help. I need your help, God. Help me to see beyond today. And know that the decisions I make today, they are affecting tomorrow. And I thank you for your help. I thank you for your help. Can I assure you that if you just ask for help, you've got it. You've got it. You've got it. He is going to help you. He said, ask anything in my name. With faith believing. And you've got it. It's yours. So you're going to walk out of this place not on your own. But he's with you. He's with you. He's with you as your children become teenagers. Fun times. He's with you. Just call upon him. Ask him for help. And he will help you. He'll give you direction. He'll help you to know what to say. And if you need instructions, they're right here. I want to say again, especially to those who have young children, if you are trying to instill God into them, stop being so down on yourself. You are giving them the best thing you could ever give them. You might not be able to take them to Disney World, thank God. Um, sorry, somewhere. Um, but you're giving them so much. Every time you walk in these doors, you send them to Sunday school class, 
You talk to them sitting at the table about the Lord. You, you teach them the ways of the Lord every time. You're giving them so much more than a vacation of their lifetime. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for staying the course. Thank you for your faithfulness because it's making a difference in the heritage that is to come. Thank you for doing that. Brother Timothy.